Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. And while it's another episode, I am realizing that my guest today, Sangram, this this is our fourth podcast together, so we're kind of becoming the little the Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake. I don't know if if which one do you want to be, Sangram? Um, I was going to ask you that question because it's a very slippery slope. Uh, it will tell a lot about us based on who we choose to be. It uh, but it will. But I'll take Justin Timberlake. Because I, I wanted he- Justin, but no, all right, you take you take Justin. He's just so incredibly talented, and Jimmy's so funny. I don't know if I have his personality, but you certainly do. Well, hey, for those of you who don't know Sangram, let me just give him a quick introduction. Um, you know, Sangram's really the leader of the Flip My Funnel movement. You know, that's where his passion uh, is is every single day. Um, but he is also the co-founder and CMO of Terminus. So kind of actually by day, that's his role. But he is so passionate about uh, ABM and that topic. And that has, uh, it permeates everything that he that he does. He and I are on the road together a lot, speaking at different conferences. And Sangram, you just finished the uh, Flip My Funnel conference. So how did that go? Oh, man, that was so, so fun. Uh, we're in Boston. We did, uh, we had about 1,000, uh, over 1,000 people at the conference, uh, which was which was the single largest conference we have done in the series of Flip Marketing Conferences. It will be our ninth that we finished off. Uh, really, the even more exciting was a day before we do ABME awards. So the best of the best in B2B marketing and sales doing amazing ABM campaigns. And we had the CMO of Donors Choose, Katie Besby, do a keynote for that. And man, it was so heartwarming and it almost made everybody think what's their purpose. So I think that was my highlight for the conference as well. Those are some of my favorite uh, you know, times when a keynote speaker or someone comes in from the outside and just brings some new perspective and new thoughts to it. Well, good. I'm glad it went well. Sorry I wasn't able to make it as I was traveling myself, but I know my team was there and heard very good things about about the conference, which is awesome. Um, so today, you know, on, on Demand Gen Radio, I always like to mix up the topics a little bit. Most of the time we talk about marketing technology and the methods uh, for driving growth. But every once in a while, I like to bring a topic that, you know, is something that I'm passionate about and my guests are passionate about. And today's topic is around why Sangram and I have written books, because I imagine a lot of you out there have thought about writing a book at some point. Maybe you've got some subject matter expertise of your own and have contemplated, God, I'd like to write a book someday. And so we thought we would just unpack what it takes to write a book, the process that um, we have both used, and also the why, you know, the the why behind um, writing the books. Um, Both of us have published a book, and both of us are actually working on a new book, so we just thought that would be a really great podcast. And by the way, while I say the word podcast, I also have a podcast on Should You Be Podcasting Too?, so I know that some of you out there are, you know, more verbal uh, than uh, writers. And so, you know, there's there's a great way to get your thought leadership and your personal branding and your content out there, whether that's podcasting or videos, videos on LinkedIn or your own YouTube uh, channel you know, or writing a book. So today we're going to focus on writing a book, but maybe give some thought to how you can take what is in your head and the expertise that you have and get it out there to the world. Because I think that is the core of why 
Sangram and I, you know, did it. So Sangram, would you start? I mean, I'll weigh in, but would you start and maybe talk about how the first book came to be and, and you know, what led to that? Absolutely. This is hopefully a really interesting topic for most people because I know so many people who say they want to write a book, but they cannot find time to do it. And I think we're going to hit on that yeah. really yeah. big time because neither you nor I have time, uh, uh, you know, nor Beyonce has time, nor Justin Timberlake has time. So none of us have time. But but what we are recognizing is there's a need. And if you have something worthwhile, you should pursue that. So the reason I wrote a book was because in 20, late 2014, early 2015, when we were launching Terminus and the whole Flip Mahalan movement, ABM was a category. It might be as hard to believe as it is for somebody to believe that there were flip phones today, but ABM wasn't a thing. So nobody was talking about it. And, and then as a matter of fact, I was trying to write about it almost every other day on some channel. And, and I was getting skepticism. I was getting uh, like, okay, that's interesting. And I didn't want to write an ebook that people would find interesting and throw it away. I wanted to write something that will help me create credibility for myself through which I can help talk about this topic to help my company uh, be out there quite selfishly. And on top of that, really knowing the idea that nobody throws a book away. So so that was the whole notion of it. If nothing has been written on a topic, which in itself is sometimes really hard to find in today's day and age, and it's not been published by a real publisher, then it, it is really an opportunity to put a name and, and face. And to me, that really launched not only my own personal uh, brand, whatever it is right now, also, but also helped us launch Terminus in a big way because now we became the experts on the topic of account-based marketing. Um, and we can go and talk through the process of what, what I went through and what you went through, but it was absolutely a business decision. Uh, the book, the royalties, everything goes to the company. Nothing comes to me. It was 100% through and through, board, everybody in, in, inclusive wanted this to happen because it was such a big game changer from a business perspective. Well said. And I think the first thing that people need to hear, which they didn't hear, so let's underscore it, is it wasn't about the money. And if you're yeah. thinking about writing a book as a money-making venture, um, you know, Sangram, hopefully you don't mind me sharing, but, you know, I won't give the exact dollar amounts, but they'll get the point. Uh, I remember us talking and you said, you know, the amount of money that you were paid by the publisher for the book. And both, by the way, both of us have different perspectives or different approaches. So Sangram actually got a commercial publisher, which was Wiley, correct? Yep. And contracted, Wiley contracted him essentially to write the book. Now, the amount of money that he was paid for that or the company was paid for that um, is... If, if you did the math, uh, you should go uh, work at McDonald's and, and make minimum wage because you would be paid more money than a writer ever gets paid, certainly for writing their first book. You know, uh, it's typically under $10,000. It may be as much, depending on who you are, as much as $15,000. I've never heard of anyone publishing their first book and having uh, someone pay them more than that. A, because you're unknown as a writer, and, and B, because, you know, uh, it's really hard to make money with a book. So um, for me, why did I write one? I, I wasn't paid a dime. In fact, I actually paid to publish the book. So meaning that there was a cost uh, to the company and to myself for doing the book. And so you know, my motivation for doing it is I was having dinner with my wife 
and we were talking about the thought leadership strategy of demand gen and talked about the content we were creating. And one of the points you just made, Sangram, which is nobody throws away a book. She said, you know, a couple reasons. I think you should write a book, David, because you have so much expertise and so much knowledge in your head, and you give that knowledge and expertise when you're talking to a person or to a group. But if you write a book, then people can get that knowledge and expertise anytime, anywhere. They don't have to interact with you. They don't have to, it doesn't have to consume your time or even the team's time. They can learn these methods and approaches if you just write it down. So it made sense to me, and that was our motivation, and know that if we gave that out you know, to a prospect or to a customer, or even you know, uh, sold it on Amazon, which we do, and other channels, that people could get that expertise. And I'm proud to say that it is the number one book on lead management. My book's called Manufacturing Demand, and uh, Singer's book, first book is ABM for Dummies. And so you know, that, was, that was my reason for doing it. And why I say there was a cost is I had to go find um, a publisher that's more of the self-publishing model and have them be my project manager and help them work through a set of tasks. So there's a cost to that as opposed to getting paid to write the book. And um, so that, you know, we both wanted to get our expertise out there. Let's talk about process now because I, I, I'd be curious. We haven't really dug into that together too much and I bet we have some similarities and maybe some different processes, no doubt. So how did you, you know, from the day you said, okay, it's, it's book time and I'm going to kick things off, what'd that process look like? Well, so the first thought that came through my mind is like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> right? yeah. you, know, Oops. you know, why did I do this? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the whole high of like, and, and I think most people didn't realize this, as high of what you all, we all can be when we sign up for a new project or a contract or a new initiative. It's really amazing. And as soon as you sign, there's this buyer's remorse kind of thing. It's like, wait a minute, what did I sign up uh, myself for? And that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, oh my goodness, why did I do this? And and, and I think the way I admittedly knew that as a business, this was one of the best things we could do. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to quickly touch on this and, and then get into the process is the book is still, uh, we have like, Tons of copies in our office. We use that as the best giveaway at the booth as opposed to any charge keys. So people take that, take autographs still and, and take a picture and tweet and stuff like that. Well, I mean, so it's one of the best giveaways for like 20 bucks that it was of investment less than that for us, like 10 bucks or even less because we buy in, in wholesale. So it's the best thing the people. And we use that for the whole demand gen and pipeline velocity campaigns. Every time we have a new opportunity come up, we send them a couple of copies, one for their marketing team, one for their sales team and say, hey, they think about this together. So it, it has many, many benefits and far reaching uh, for the last four years since or three and a half years since we had it. Um, but in, in terms of process, it was it was like this this like how do I do this when we are just five people in the company? We just launched our product and now we're doing this book. It made no sense to do it at that time. So um, in in infinite wisdom and God's grace, uh, Lauren uh, Lauren Patrick she uh, she was approaching uh, Terminus and wanted to work at Terminus and she and I connected on the first converse, in the first conversation and and she said you know what. I can help you with this. I'm like, that's amazing. I want to write a book and I need somebody who's fully dedicated, uncorrupted with anything else going on in the company, no matter what happens. I need somebody who's fully dedicated to writing a book, which means morning 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., 
I would sit with her, come in in the office or video record, whatever needs to be done. She will audio record every word I would say. Then, then I would go run the business from 9 to 5 p.m. while she's taking all the notes from what I said or, the, or, or anywhere else I asked her to go research or anybody else I asked her to go talk to. We interviewed about 50 people in the process to get more insights. And then in the evening, I'll go back and edit based on whatever details that she has outlined. And we'll do that every almost every single day for about five to six months. So it was a long arduous six months process for us to be able to get to the standard that Wiley wanted us to so that it can be published under their brand name. And and to me, I don't think I would have been able to do this book, David, uh, without without Lauren. So thanks to her for helping me get through the process. Big shout out to Lauren. It 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 um it's a big effort. And you know, unless you unless you're writing and it, hey, I've never written a fifty or ninety page book, but maybe it's the same level of effort. I don't know if the size of the book matters. Certainly there's effort, but I followed a very similar process, Engram. And again, that's why I hired a publisher to create that schedule and keep us on schedule because like you, like I didn't have time in the day or even in the evening to fit a book into my life and do that. You know, this was five years ago. My kids were younger. It was certainly, they're both, you know, one's graduated college now, one's still in college. But at that time, you know, I'm still helping, you know, very active role as a father with homework and programs and that type of stuff. You know, business was growing tremendously. Uh, I didn't have time to write a book, but you have to make the time. It's kind of like the Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, right? I had to fit that in and then fit other stuff around it and use the similar process to you to make sure that I was disciplined to working on it. A big uh, technique for me that I did is I did a lot of preparation working on my outline and working on the sub bullet points, which basically my outline was each chapter. So the highest level of the outline was what every chapter of the book would be. And then I created four sub points for each chapter, which was the main topics for that chapter. And that's how I worked on that outline. And once I got that outline refined enough that I felt like it's time to now put the next level of, of pen to paper, uh, if you will. Um, then I grabbed every piece of content that I had written previously on lead scoring and lead nurturing, all the blog posts that I had done, um, any type of content or presentations, and I pulled that all together, and I went to the Intercontinental Hotel in San Francisco, and I locked myself away for at least three days. I think it was three and a half days. I wow. ate the same thing every morning. I ate the same thing every night. I never left the room. If I did, it was actually just to clear my head, but I really never left the hotel. And it looked like an episode of like CSI where I had all the stuff that I had written up on the walls and my outline and just started cranking and cranking content. And then uh, at some point during that, I was joined by a guy who, you're Lauren, who would help me with, I call it the hamburger helper, right? I wanted yeah. him to take all the stuff that I was writing and creating and then make it all just seamless throughout the book. And and since he had written as a, I wouldn't say ghostwriter, but, you know, helped in this helped in this process with so many other writers that I could learn from him on how to best structure the content and how many chapters to have and, and how long the chapters and just make it a strong narrative. And then he, like you, we worked together for months following that on all the different iterations and um, you know followed a schedule like you did to make sure that we got done. And we finished start to finish in six months. So there is a wow. little, I didn't know that, there's a little similarity there in the time frame. I think you want to do it in that time frame. We will never get it done. It's kind of like a wedding. Does a wedding really need to take a year to plan it? Well, it certainly gives you enough time. Do you need more than that? Well, you're probably not doing it as fast as, as you need to. And so... 
um, keeping the schedule compressed will probably add to the quality of the book than actually dragging it out in my perspective. And like you, I, I kid around. I say, like, you know, I'm on the New York Times best giver list. We do give the book out, you know, <laughs> to all of our prospects, to all of our clients who are interested in it, certainly to every new hire inside the company. And we give it out at conferences. I've done lots and lots of book signings. And when I go and speak, I'll make copies available. This is not a moneymaker for us from the sale of the book by any means. And like you, we spend about, I think we spend about $10 per book for the hardcover books. And so it's not an inexpensive piece of, of, let's call it collateral, but what a great gift. Uh, and let me just share a couple of results. And I, I want to get into the the why, you know, like not the why, the results, like what's happened from you having this book. And I want to share that as well. Let me start off with a couple. One of my happiest days um, of, of after the book was published was someone coming up to me at a conference and they go, hey, Dave, uh, thank you so much for your book. And I'm like, you're welcome. And he goes, no, like, I got a job because of your book. I didn't know much about this. I had been doing other types of uh, social media marketing. I didn't really know about B2B and, you know, demand generation in terms of marketing automation, CRM. I read your book cover to cover. I went on an interview the next week. And I'm telling you, I got the job because I knew the lingo and I understood the methodologies that you had shared. So thank you so much. That was an amazing, um, you know, just so rewarding as an author to hear that you help someone that much. Um, it was December, another uh, story, December 24th, the day before Christmas, um, someone sent me an email from a company on the East Coast. Um, very, very large in the uh, security area. And I mean security, like physical security, cameras, alarm systems, and that type of stuff. And their company was about to make a big pivot and move to generating leads online. They had received all of their leads to date um, through a third party. And she read the book. I don't know where she got a copy of it, but she read it. And actually, I think she picked up a copy at the Serious Decisions Conference. And then she read it she reached out to me voicemail, and she goes, hey, I've been talking to this other agency. I just finished reading your book. I think I want to work with your company because I want to do everything in your book. Can you give me a call after the holidays and um, discuss it? And so talk about you know generating revenue. That's just one of the very first examples I remember of someone reaching out and saying, I want to work with you guys because of, of the book. And they're still a client to this day, a great client of ours, and they've lived the dream and, and implemented all those practices. I think the most personal uh, experience, we, we talked about Justin Timberlake. Imagine if you're Justin Timberlake and you're out for the very first time and you hear your song played on the radio. I was at a Starbucks and I walked in and was waiting for my drink and I turned to the right and I saw someone reading my book in Starbucks. I'm like, wow, it's real. Like, you know, because to me it was real in a different perspective, but to them, they were reading the book, and uh, I walked over, I said, how's the book? And uh, they looked up, they go, oh, it's good. And then they like, oh my God. And we had a fun conversation and um, very, very, very cool. What about for you? I mean, I could go on, but I want to hear some of your results. Like, what do you think the the books brought to you maybe personally, certainly to the company and, and to the people that have read it? Yeah, man. I, I think, first of all, those are so amazingly good examples. Just warms my heart even hearing them. Uh, and I think, and those are, that's quite honestly, that's your, that's your and my royalty that's the legacy, all of that, right? Wrapped up into those three examples you just shared, uh, because that's that's really all all you'll have left at one one point or another. So, in in many ways, for me, what's the most exciting? And I shared this at the Flip On Funnel conference. Somebody pinged me um, on LinkedIn, 
and said that, hey, I'm doing a PhD thesis on the topic of account-based marketing, and we're using your book to do this as the class curriculum, and and and, and that's how they're going to study it and, and do a workshop and a thesis, and his PhD will be on in account-based marketing. Awesome. And, awesome. And you think about that for a second, and you're like, wow. One, it's a brand new category that's getting created uh, at the heels of, of this book, but also that there are people now potentially learning this in their university, in their classrooms. That is something that I personally, as you and I have talked about and traded notes on just connecting with education deeper, because that's really where it all starts, it, that this is now in the hands of students that in the master's program trying to finish their PhD and topics. So to me, that was a very gratifying moment uh, the another example that 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 happens more often than not is you know when all of a sudden somebody would literally say hey I read your book and it was awesome and it was great and and you 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 don't even know who they are or what it is but they meet you as if they know you personally and there's that that connection between you and it's uh, I always enjoyed those kind of specific uh, moments where you're randomly at a booth at a conference or at an event or and, and somebody just runs into you like thank you can you autograph this that kind of stuff but then here's something i recently did um i did this uh, i saw that my my book on amazon had a couple of negative reviews mm-hmm. and i was reading it and i was like huh that's really interesting this person really really went to the lens to to explain how bad he felt after reading the book and it was exactly it's very opposite to everything else that was said so it's reading it and my eight-year-old son comes by and he you know we just chatting and he's like well what you doing and i'm like well i'm reading a review uh, on my book do you want to read it and he said Oh, of course. And he thought I was going to share a positive review. I opened up the worst possible negative review that this per- from this person. And Krish, my son, he read that and he was like, his eyes were teary, right? I mean, oh. he was almost crying. He's like, dad, like, why would somebody do this to you? And I'm like, no, dude, this is, this is what it's, up, it's about. I didn't write a book just to get accolades and, and, you know, have people sign and autographs and whatnot and to feel great about myself. I wrote this book because I felt like there was a need and it was a great personal as well as business decision to to drive a conversation. And this person took the time to write me. So one, he read the book, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it did not resonate. So it's an opportunity for me to not connect. And I try to connect with that person, but it's anonymous, couldn't find him and all. So I couldn't really personally connect with this person, but I tried a couple of ways and a couple of times. But to me, that moment, that was a great moment for me and my son to recognize that it's not all amazing. You're opening up something, your reputation, your own personal value. Uh, you're you're going to put it on display and, and your book is going to represent you. And some people are going to like it. And I did not realize the other part that some people are going to hate it. And that was a big realization for me. Yeah, it's real. You know, you're, you're not going to please all the people all the time. You know, anyone who's an actor, actress, singer knows uh critics uh very very well and and you, you got to just you know take that feedback and if it's useful feedback then incorporate it into into your next um book um i think for everybody listening to like one thing that i want to make sure i went to california public school like i'm not a writer you know yeah. i i don't have the kind of you know i didn't ace english and i don't have writing skills like when i write stuff certainly anything that I pretty much publish other than like a LinkedIn post, I have our editors look at it and clean it up and they always find stuff. 
So if yeah. one of the things that's holding you back is you feel like you don't have the writing skills, that's what your editor is for. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about even some of the continuity aspects of the book. If you have a good editor, they will help you, like I said, with that hamburger helper and turn the meat of your content into something that is just a wonderful, tasty dish. So don't obsess about um, that. I Sangram and I are both, we're going to lean more towards... Um, you know, auditory skills, right? We're both good uh, public speakers and we're both very passionate speakers and we're good, you know, one-on-one or in groups, you know, locking ourselves away, writing a book is doesn't fit our personalities. So it took a lot of energy and effort for us to want to want to do that. Any other thoughts, Sangram, or advice on, you know, I, I just want to help people get over the hurdle of writing a book because if it's something you want to do or thought about, put it on your bucket list and get it done. And, and whether, you know, I don't know if it's a fictional book, but in terms of nonfiction, it is so rewarding, as you can hear, to inspire people and direct people and teach people something. And like you, I got a call from, uh, email actually from the University of Utah, and they use my book in the uh, graduate marketing program. And I'm like, really? That's incredible. Yeah. It's so rewarding. What about you? Any other thoughts on hurdles or obstacles? Yeah, I, I think it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I feel like one, a lot of times I went through this personally is that I had a lot of self-doubt. Like, do I even have enough material to cover in this book? And I think we all give ourselves one, if you're either on the high side, man, I got to write about this. And we, we take some time to kind of write and then we say, well, that's it. That's all I got. Like, I don't know what else can I write on it. But then as I started to, to really dive deep in it, the, 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 it just started to flow. And, and I think that's where I realized that, no, I have a lot more to say and think and, and examples and experiences that I want to draw on and people I want to, 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 to have their insight into it. And people are more than willing to have the insights in it to make this a better book. So, so I, I think one of the biggest hurdles that I've heard people talk about is that, all right, I got an idea. I'm going to do this thing. And maybe they figured out the hack of trying to get somebody else to write it for you or external publishing so you don't have to take six months out of your job and not do not anything and write a book. Like, no, you can do it simultaneously if you wanted to. Yeah. I have seen people get into this uh, mindset of like, well, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to do. So I loved when you shared Dave, that you created an outline. And quite frankly, I, tr I did the same thing, but guess what? Towards the middle of it, we had to completely flip it and change it and go upside down and right and left and left and right. And in many different ways, given that we had Wiley involved in this whole process. And it was it was grueling. It, there were moments where I wanted to give up on, on this idea of writing the book and, and forget about it kind of thing. Like I had more bigger problems with my company and launching it and product, but it, it really had to be done. And I'm, I'm so glad I did it. So there are, in, in this whole process, I, I guarantee, and I think I speak for you, David, to correct me if I'm not wrong on this, there'll be moments where you might feel not doing it, even after starting the book, uh, even after getting to a few moments. And, and, and at that time, you just have to, to persevere through it because the end result of this one, like examples especially like that Dave shared, they're incredibly lifetime rewarding moments. Yeah. It's very much like the hero's journey that you've heard me talk about um, when I teach storytelling that we do. We run into that, that roadblock. And I'm, I'm kind of right there right now, Sangram, candidly. I am working on my second book, which is Agents of Change. My goal is to have it out in February of 2019. And I'm about 30,000 words into it. I definitely have a lot of meat to it. And I'm just really busy, and like busier than I've ever been in a long time. 
on work side, personal side, and I'm saying it that way because it's an easy excuse and to just put it on the back burner, and it's tough. And I feel like right now, like maybe my schedule's too aggressive, maybe it needs to be later in the year, does it really matter? And uh, you know, I just just need to kick myself in the butt to just keep working on it and keep getting it done. So you've got to block out time on your calendar or use a schedule like Sangram for doing it. But yeah, don't be surprised if, like both of us, you hear that there's this point and you're like, oh my god. And but you know what? It is so worthwhile when you break past that and you get to the point where you're starting to see it take its final shape. And you, you know, eventually get to that point where the final PDF is going off to the printer to get printed. And then a week or so after that, you're holding your book in your hand and you read it and it's just, it's, you know, you're done. And it's just, I, I felt Singram actually when I finished my first book, I'm like, awesome, I'm done. I'm working on my second book right now. Like I wanted to get started right away. It was interesting. Like I went, I, the pendulum swung to like, I can't wait to write my next book. Now it's taken me five years and there's real good reasons for doing that. None of which has to do with being busy. It's that I wanted to collect the stories to put together the next book uh, and and write that. By the way, on the cost wise, if you're thinking of doing like a soft copy book, again, it depends how big it is. You can do a book for $10,000. You can do a book for $40,000. It doesn't have to be much more than that if you're self-publishing. And a big part of that cost is the initial copies that you're probably going to order for yourself uh, and give out to people. But, you know, that just give you some some cost ranges there and certainly your time. Uh, but but do it. If, you, if you've got, hey, if you're a CMO, a marketing leader, um, maybe you're a, young in your career and you've learned marketing automation and you think that your approach and the way that you've done it would be helpful to someone else, Imagine what it would do for your career if you wrote the book on X. And, you know, don't do it for the celebrity of it. You're not going to walk down the street and people recognize you as the author, but you are going to touch people and you're going to influence and impact people and it's going to help your personal brand and it's going to raise your um, level of perceived expertise, either real or whatever, because you've written a book makes you an expert on this on this topic and and you probably are if you've got the subject matter to do it absolutely and dave i think where you started off is something that i feel it never it doesn't get lost in all of this which is do it for the right reasons yeah and you have to figure out what that reason is i i you know i know we talked about like like it's not in in for the money Uh, there are a few people that i know who have got six figure uh, from uh, from book science, but they were there are some people who have been they already had enough personal brand uh, to to warrant that, or they were either a TEDx or something had already had millions of views or something like that, or they have the pedigree or support that they needed to get something like that. So there are there are going to be examples that people, if you dig deeper, would find out. But ninety nine percent of the people who are first time authors is exactly where Dave kind of pointed out. But so why you're doing it? And do you need your business to support it or you're doing to, going to do it independent of your business is a really, really important question because if you're doing it for your business, you have to get everybody on board and make sure it is used, leveraged, and supported by your company in the best way possible, which is what both Dave and I have been successfully and thankfully have been able to do it. But if you're going to do it independent to you, whatever company and business you're in, then you have to be mindful of the time that you're going to put in because it's going to take a ton of time. So you just have to make sure that you understand who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. Well said. You know, so Sangram and I have been talking about many different ways that the book can uh, benefit you. And I know, Sangram, you've mentioned to me about some of the public speaking that you've done as a result of the book. So tell me how that kind of came to be. 
I, I'm I'm telling you this is this is just is such a such an incredible feat uh, for me personally to achieve and thereby impacting business in a very positive way. This year alone, I know because and largely because of the book, uh, I am speaking at 30 different events. Amazing. And if, if you think about that for for an instance, and I know you do do a lot of speaking as well, like it, I, I actually went and had my assistant do a tally for it. And it's if, if we were to actually pay top dollar to be at these events to speak, in some cases uh, I've been a keynote, in some cases I've been uh, in, in one of the, uh, the the rooms, so like it's a breakout sessions. Uh, in some cases it's a workshop, right? So it's, it comes in all safe and sizes and it's been, it's been fine uh, to just go through the process. And if I tally all of that together and say, if I were to pay money to get me to go speak at some of it, it's more than half a million dollars. Um, and it's just crazy, right? And and we have at Flip My Funnel and others, we have paid people to come and speak at our conferences, and I know how much it, it costs them to do it, and it costs us to get somebody like them to come and speak. So I know we, we talked about the fact that yeah, you know, it's not a money making scheme and necessarily for you if you're doing it for your business, but it definitely will get you out there. You will be on many more podcast interviews. You'll be doing many more webinars. Maybe you maybe you'll definitely be speaking at more events talking about whatever that you have written. So it creates that kind of following for you. And, and that, in an effect, if you use that as an ROI driver, you, you can put 50, 60, 100, $200,000. I know people get paid to go and speak as a keynote. So when I think about the ROI for me uh, and the company as a result of it, it is incredibly big. Great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And you know what? I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up because I think there are people out there that have contemplated writing a book and maybe this was enough to get you on the path. Certainly feel free to reach out to Sangram or myself if you need some pointers or resources on where to get started. We would be happy to help you. And I think some of you, you know, tuck this away for the future when you're at a stage in your career or a role inside the company that it's going to help you. Again, um, can be incredibly personally rewarding, but also huge impact to your organization. Um, so, uh, Sangram, any, any closing thoughts from you? Do what's in your heart and, and never look behind. Love it. Thank you, buddy. I look forward to the next episode together. I don't know what that will be, but there, we got to keep the series going. So I wish you the best, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, appreciate everything when you guys reach out to me. Uh, as Sangram said, it's nice when you, I'm at a conference and someone walks up and says, hey, I listen to Demand Gen Radio. I was out the other night, and some of my friends have uh, started listening to the program, which was cool. Thank you, Charlie, and thank you, Dave, for and Damon, for uh, what you shared. Awesome. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.